You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Hump day, Wednesday afternoon, Kimbo on the Rooch. Uh, thanks to the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, it's in stock now. Quick text, Rooch, we're talking about Jason Horn Francis. You were, um, well, we both were. Boys, Horn Francis is no moral to go to the Crows. Port will have their strategy to bring him to Alberton. You can't just assume that he will come to Adelaide just because they want him. That's from Lindsay. Mm, but Lindsay, where does Jason Horn Francis want to be? That's the first question that has to be answered. And it's interesting listening to some of the trade radio conversations about the heads of agreement that are signed mm. prior to players going at times, yeah. even if it's a year or two years out. Yeah. Not saying he's done that. Yeah. We'll wait and see. We don't want to talk about that. G'day, Steve, for the next 12 months, do we? Uh, Roots, let's go back to Joel Selwood because he's arguably the greatest captain ever. Who's been the greatest captain in the modern era? I... I th- think of three players immediately and they're not necessarily ones with premierships, although the first two are Voss and Hodge, but I, I think Paul Kelly at Sydney also needs to I be... I loved him. You've got to acknowledge his work as captain. Uh, yeah. It's funny, Cam Mooney did one a year ago. Yeah. He did his top five best captains for the past 20 years. Yeah. Uh, now, no Joel Selwood in this because he was still playing at right. the time. Uh, what time did he do it? Oh, no, no, sorry, I apologise. This was 2015. So. And, and you can't even dismiss... Tom Harley for the way in which he changed the culture at Geelong to get three flags. Well, Cam Mooney did this in 2015. He went, Wayne Carey won. Forget Powerful about everything player. else. Oh, no, player. but he would get everyone yeah, on the yeah, shoulders, boys. Yeah, getcha. He was inspirational. Michael Voss, he had it two. Absolutely. Yep. He had Luke Hodge at three. Yep, you see that. He had Mark Rusciuto, very similar to yep. Wayne Carey. Yep. And Tom Harley at five. Yeah, Tom Harley should be in the list. Mm. Who's the greatest uh, captain ever in the modern era? You can have your say. Send a text 0427-154-166. This was Joel Selwood after announcing his retirement, saying how he's going to miss playing with the boys. It's the people you play with. It's the front row. It's the people you play with. They, I mean, and that's not a stat, but, well, Hawks is a stat. We played over 300 games together, but, which is ridiculous. But it's, um, yeah, I can't put it into a, you know, a number thing for you, but I just love playing with boys. With the boys. Um, wonderful human, wonderful family. Yeah. Here's a little story, something on a lighter note, Rich. I'm not sure if you heard this. This was at the press conference today, but he was talking about grand final night the celebrations, and he needed to um, get an Uber to go home. And a, a young lady called Emily was the Uber driver. There's a young P played a girl that had been uh, at the pub. Her name was Emily. Um, 
and I asked Emily if she could drop me home and I jumped in the car and I asked her how her day was and she she wasn't in the best of moods to be honest she, it was a busy day at the pub Bowen Heads pub and um she didn't really pick up who I was uh, at the time. She asked me how I, my day was, and I said it was actually pretty good. Uh, and then uh, she said, what did I get up to? I said, I actually uh, played in the game today. And uh, she still hadn't picked up who I was, which was a nice thing. Um, and then uh, she asked for my name, and then she started swearing at herself. Um, we picked up the key, we drove back to the car and I told Emily that I actually have the cup in the car and would she like a photo? Um, and uh, she got her photo and uh, she drove back home to Geelong. <laughs> what a river. Apologies, wow. not an Uber driver. Wow. Worked at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, P played her, obviously, and I'll let her have a drink then. Uh, nice little story there, Roach. He's an absolute ripper. Just a quick one before we get into who's won the club champion so far uh, for 2022. Jack Gunston. Really interested in this. There's a there's a bit of history now between Hawthorne players heading up to Brisbane. We saw Luke Hodge, Grant Birchall. Well, they know Chris Fagan's up there. Well, let's hope he's still up there. Yeah, I think he will be. Uh, Jack Gunston, it looks like it's going to happen. He was at a presentation, I think, involving uh, Racing Victoria. It's just that change of lifestyle that, that does appeal, and um, yeah, we'll see we'll see what we end up on. Obviously, Hodge and Birchall have done it before, so. Uh, I've had a lot of chats with those guys. Maybe in the coming days or early next week. Um, Hawthorne Footy Club have been awesome for me. They've given me the time and the space and uh, to make a call. Obviously, a lot of, a lot of challenges this year for myself and my family, and, and we're just making the right call all together and, and what's going to be best for us going forward. There's that Josh Dunkley line, change of lifestyle. What's well, beautiful up there, Roach. So you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad forward line if he goes up there. Uh, Lincoln McCarthy. Charlie Cameron, Eric Hipwood, Joe Danaher, Jack Gunston. Mm. It's got a nice ring to it. Uh, Tommy Lynch won the best and fairest at Richmond uh, last night. Um, let's hear from, before we get into that, Roach, let's hear from his coach about what could have been during the final series. If we as coaches and players can fix a few minor yet important errors in the game, we win it. Then we play a slightly out of form and somewhat sore Melbourne in front of a hostile environment filled with Tiger fans who haven't seen us play in a final at the G since 2019. Where would the final has gone from there? Geelong. And I don't have to remind anyone in this room what our track record is against the Cats on the biggest stage. When there's a Tiger army writhing sea of yellow and black in the stands, it really could have been us again. But the fact of the matter was... It wasn't. That's the cruel reality of our game. But the harshest emotions are what also continue to motivate us and push us forward. We all must work that bit harder. The people in this room and watching at home must cheer that bit louder. Our players, we must train that bit longer. That's who we are. That's what Richmond people do. In 2023, people, we take the stairs. Thank you. We take the stairs. We climb. lift, yeah. Okay, interesting, Damien. Very, very interesting. Um... A lot Tom of Lynch, ifs there, a lot of ifs. Yeah, Tom Lynch uh, won the BNF by one vote over Daniel Rioli, who's been a mild sensation since going back to halfback. Mm. He's reinvented himself. Just update us, Roach, on who's picked up the other BNFs around the nation. And while I was doing that, I was having a look at who polled the most votes in the Brownlow Medal. Now, they're different voting systems, mm. they're different criteria that clubs have, but it was always interesting to have a look. Now, you're not going to be surprised at Gold Coast. Took Miller won the best and fairest, and, of course, he's in the leaderboard of the Brownlow Medal. No shock there. GWS, 
I'm pleased to say Sam Taylor got the club champion. Oh, he's a beauty. Who do you think got the most votes in the Brownlow? Um, oh, in the Brownlow, gee, it's only a couple of weeks ago, Rich. Um, it was Josh Kelly. Oh, right, yep. North Melbourne, Jai Simkin mm. takes the award at Clubhouse. Davies Uniaki gets the Brownlow votes. Would have got that one. Richmond, Tom Lynch, as you mentioned. Who was their best polar at the Brownlow? Uh, Bon. Dion Prestia. Oh, who is important to the way they set yep. up. St Kilda, Jack Sinclair gets the club champion. Jack Steele gets the Brownlow votes. West Coast. North Anik hold 15 <laughs> collectively, Roach. Well, and, and Josh Barras, Kennedy left with, yes. led with eight. And Tom Barras won the club champion. How would you like him at Port Adelaide? Yeah, well, if you can arrange it. No, he's a beauty. But it's interesting, isn't it, that the different style of player that wins the club champion compared to the Brownlow votes. Which is the better indicator of how the season went for an individual? Uh, no, I want to give. No, I haven't had time to do this yet. But what I'd like to do is when we get every club champion, then compare it with the coaches' award and see if there are wild variations. Who wins yours this year? Well, Connor Rosie's going to blitz, mm. isn't he? You got Sam Pal Pepper in there as well. Uh, they would be the two that will fight it out, surely. Adelaide, Rory Laird, Jordan You'd Dawson. Think so. Yep. Yep. You would think Taylor Walker would be up there? Yes. He polled the most in the, in the Brownlow, Brownlow as well. Uh, yeah, we mentioned our Channel 7 got that little scoop earlier, being down at Albert and Oval. Well, I reckon the news director at Nine's got the whip out. That's what they do, Roach. They hate getting out scooped. Emma Henderson yes. from uh, the newsroom at Channel 9. I don't know. Emma must be a newbie. Has caught up with Jack Graham. He says he's happy at Richmond, but hasn't ruled out returning to play for a South Australian side. A South Australian side. A South Australian side. Well, you'd mm. say that to keep all options open, wouldn't you? And you're saying the door won't open at Adelaide? My understanding. I'd add a few sherbets, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hi, Kimba and Roach. Here's a so text. So what, 85%? <laughs> well, you've got a few mentions here. Jack oh. Graham, they want a percentage. Oh, no, I'm not going there. I haven't talked to anyone yet. Yeah, well, Roach, come on. No. I let, look, last time I was there, they said they were really confident. And I won't use the quote that we've talked about privately that came no. from Alberton. But if, if you had come back from that conversation, what percentage would have you put on it? And the way they spoke about it at Alberton that day. I can't answer that, Roach. Well, they were pretty confident, Kim. Well, it depends. Well, depend. your relationship good with these people you work with? Oh, it was the highest or order. Do, or do they like throwing you under the bus? The highest order. Well, hey. Well, that's either Chris Davies or Matthew Richardson. It's very high up. Or, or Daniel Norton. <laughs> <laughs> Where good, is Norton? He was at Adelaide Oval the other day. We never hear from him anymore. He's very busy. Since the women's team uh, came into the competition. It's a very demanding league. You've got yeah. to get everything right. It's an expansion team. Got to go to a break. Here's a text from Mark in Perth. G'day, Marky Mark. I see um, last night, oh, the na- lad's name eludes me. They had their Sandover medal last night. Oh, and you know who's moving to the West as well. South Fremantle's announced Jordan Gallucci's Gallucci. going to the WAFL. The Gooch. Very so unlucky. Won the uh, well, I just said I can't remember his name. That helps. Oh, it's, it's not someone out of the AFL system. Okay. Right. Uh, this Mark says, will be interesting to see whether the Crows select one of the reportedly very good WA lads next year. Given the likely move of Frampton to Collingwood, I suspect he'll put in a much bigger effort for his new club. Once he gets to live in Melbourne. I, no, I don't subscribe to that, Mark. Appreciate the text. I think Billy gave all he had. And all players do. 99% you, of them do. Did you hear Bryce Gibbs this morning? No. He's done a list I was of asleep. tall defenders Port Adelaide should chase. He put Billy Frampton in it. Did he? 
Look, this is the first time that Bryce has done breakfast. When you're sleep-deprived, Rooch, you say the weirdest things. Uh, do John – oh, here we go. Do John Worsfold and Bruce Lindsay play golf? Both great captains. Arthur from Harndorf. Arthur. Ooh, Arthur's He's jumping. I think he spent the afternoon in the Harndorf Mill. What's that got to do with it? Do John Worsfold and Bruce Lindsay play golf? Both great captains. Am I missing something there? Beyond me. Oh, we'll work it out during the break. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Great to have your company on a Wednesday afternoon, 4.53. This is The Run Home, thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Hard to keep up with everything today, Rooch. We've got cricket happening. Uh, There's some news on Jack Gunson. We were just talking about him. That he's apparently told Hawthorne, that's it, I'm out and I'm looking for a new club, which we all know is Brisbane. So, Well, he's told them it's Brisbane, yeah. apparently. That's mm. what's being reported now. Text has come through from Nicole. We talked about the greatest captains in the modern era. Fairly hard to uh, argue with what Nicole has done here. Kim and Roach, top five AFL captains since 2000, includes those playing up to 2022. Number one, Michael Voss. Now, I haven't got the statistics here, Roach, but my memories of Vossi and the way he went about it as a leader, he's certainly in the argument. Number two, Joel Selwood. Mm. Number three, Paul Kelly. Good. This one's interesting. Number four, James Hurd. Number five, Scott Pendlebury. No one can argue these five captains were and are great on-field leaders. That's from Nicole. I have to look up Hurdy's record as a captain. I know he's a great and inspirational captain. He's highly respected by all his teammates. Uh, someone sent through a message, read the Sandover medal. Thank you, whoever's done this. Oh, Mark in Perth. Thanks, Mark. Um, the, it was won by Blaine Bockhurst from uh, my East Fremantle Sharks just down the road. Uh, don't have details on his age and whether he's in the draft. Uh, we might check that out. Um, what a ridiculous comment made about Billy Frampton from a text. Whoever sent that, I wonder how his AFL career is going. Billy is my friend and I will now be able to support him properly when he moves to Collingwood. Uh, go get it, Billy. I'm proud of you. Oh, that's from Annie. G'day, Annie. Yeah, oh, no, that was uh, Mark. I think he gave all, his all for the Adelaide Crows. Played a cracker against St Kilda and you thought maybe the pennies dropped. Mm. Yep. Uh, but just couldn't maintain it. So so Collingwood are viewing him as a defender to yeah. take the roughhead role rather than as a backup ruckman, which was the original thought that was being spoken of. Uh, good friend Louis, who is a fanatical Port supporter, says, I'll be thrilled with Jack Graham, boys. Right age, great leader, good player, premiership player, three-time premiership player. Uh, that makes our midfield rotations, Wines, Rosie, Butters, Graham and Boak. Throw in... <laughs> Throw in Jason Horn Francis in there in 2024, and the new head coach will be licking his lips. Mm. What did you say South Australia would make? I said 220. Wow. All out for 220. It scares me sometimes. Oh, well, Tassie, mate. It scares me. I see things. <laughs> well, tell me what Tasmania's going to do. Um, smash us. Oh, dear. Yeah, we'll be 1 1. Oh, Ruchi. Yes, hello. 
Here we go. Rucci's percentage calculator is no better than Chris Davies' percentage calculator. Three premierships in five years. And that's not Mario. (laughs) It's still alive. Yeah, you're still a chance. That's right. It's not mathematically eliminated yet. Have a good trade and draft, Rooch, and three on the trot. What did they say of Richmond when they were floundering in 2016? I've put up with a lot from Port supporters during the playing days, being at school, being bullied when you're back for Torrance. You bullied? Well, when you talk football. Really? Back in the day, Roach, and they start saying, we've won 27 premierships. How many you won? Oh, I'll go, I've never even seen a final. <laughs> um, oh, if you won three in a row, it'd be painful. It would, starting with my sister, I'd never hear the end of it. Uh, buddy, great player and career, but missed opportunity to do a Selwood. That's from Greg. Thoughts, Roach, on that? I mean, he kicked 50 goals this year. He's got every right to go yeah. on. That wasn't the easiest forward. Play to work to no, on I the grand final. Plugger could have been there, and I don't think it would have mattered. No. But two poor games in his last three. Yeah, well, that's not right off a champ. Mm. He'll be there next year. Rory Bloody Sloan is the greatest. That's a text. We'll take that as a statement. He has been a wonderful player for the Adelaide Football Club. Can he where's come Shannon, back, Rich? Where's Shannon Hearn fit in captain's list? Uh, no, I don't think he'd get in the conversation, would he? Okay. Would he or not? Or is that a bit harsh? Maybe a bit harsh. Been mm. a very good leader. You have to look at the uh, stats, Roach. Hi, boys. Can the Crows trust Justin Reed not to stuff the trade period oh, up here again? Here we go. Here we go. Um, yeah. I saw Reedy over in Melbourne. I don't think it's going to be very difficult to put the cards on the table for Isaac Rankin, is it? Oh, I think they've done the hard work. So uh, I'm fascinated what Matt Randall's about to I say like, on remember trade we were, radio. Remember we were working at Double A and uh, Sparkle Narkle got taken at 10 and I think Adelaide went, did they go for Lever? And he came the off a year draft, out. Was, was it that it? one or not? Oh, Kim, oh. Kim the and fog comes up on remembering these. Uh, Rowie was going bunter about not picking Narkle. Now people can get him for nothing. Yeah. Delisted by Geelong yeah. today. And you can only call it as you said. I'm not having a crack yeah. at, at Stephen there, but we all thought he was going to be very special, Quentin Narkle. Well, he was early. Yeah. Uh, and he was okay two years ago. Mm. Is Narkle worth a look at? You can get him for nothing. That's from Renee. I know Renee's a Port supporter. Well, they'll definitely have a look. I'd look at him if I was Port or Crows. Yeah. But you'd want to, you'd want to work out why it didn't continue on as well, wouldn't you? Um, Louis has said here, two ex... Two-time premiership player, Kimbo, injured in 2019. Who was that referring to? I've had short-term memory loss. Lost me. Well, was that be. on the uh, captain's list? Louis, just explain that one. Sent through. What's, what's he said again? Uh, oh, hang on. I've got to find it. Uh, two. Two-time premiership player, Kimbo, injured 2019. What were we talking about? The stats of from Nicole's list, were we? No, I'm lost on that one. Yeah. I need more data on that one. Thank you. Yeah, apologies. Um, another text while we can, Roach, before we get into the 5 o'clock news. And John Casey, uh, here we go. Boys, don't forget about Trent Jamon in the middle on a wing. Uh, that's from Mickle. He did pretty well, Trent Jamon, prior to getting that injury. Yep, very handy. Yeah, he used the ball really very well. Handy. Uh, boys, done deal for me with Graham. Get him in, Lindsay. Uh, so Jack Graham getting a yep. lot of support. That's what the trade does in the draft route. It gives you hope. So we say, yes, get him in. And then I don't want to blaspheme, but someone else says, uh, Chris, with an extra letter on it, no. So let's say hell no. That's a catastrophically terrible trade for Port. 
dude's a role player, third rounder at best. That was when Matt Rendell said, give pick eight and get pick 19 back. Three-time premiership player at the age of 24. Leadership qualities, 24 years of age. Can do uh, the Travis Boak role yeah. for years to come, maybe. And you've got to look at the bigger picture, not just the player himself, but what he then brings into that unit yeah. and what it releases. Your point about having an in-and-under player who gets Butters and Connor Rosie moving and doing damage as they should as midfielders hitting the scoreboard, that's how you, that's how you have to assess it. Not just the player you bring in, but what it brings to the whole group. Yeah, and he's a quality human. Uh, it's a minute past uh, five, Rich. We've gone through a whole show nearly, and we haven't mentioned Matt Crouch. John Casey coming up next. I'm Three minutes past five on a Wednesday afternoon. This is the run home. Thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Been a good show so far, Rooch. We've worked out what Louis was sending through. Not about captains? No. Oh. Jack Graham, I apologise. I've been getting it wrong, saying he's won three flags for the whole show. Right. Um, he missed. He had that shoulder where he tried to get through. He was so courageous in the prelim final. Yeah. So uh, Louis just sent through. Jack Graham, you've been saying he's won three flags for the whole show. Not that it matters much. Well, yeah, it does. We want to get it right. Thanks for that, uh, Louis. Talking of getting it right, the Opals certainly did. We spoke did they ever? John Casey, who was the voice of basketball yesterday, he was up and about. He said, all I want tonight is for Australia to beat Japan and Serbia to beat France. Well, his wish was granted. his command. Or is that the right saying? His wish was granted. Oh, I'm bugging if I know. Let's go to Case. Hello, Johnny. G'day there, Kimbo. How are you, Rooch? <laughs> Very well, John. Getting muddled up with my metaphors then. Um, a pretty special night. They worked out perfect for the Opals. Yeah, it couldn't have worked out any better for them. Uh, Serbia beating France, and uh, of course uh, that opened the door for Australia then to beat Japan, and they were good enough to do that and finish top of the pool and now get through to uh, the slightly easier route, as they say in America, to the uh, the finals. And let's hope that um, a day off today and all the Opals and the former Opals got together in a special celebration today and um, that they're primed to go uh, when they hit the quarterfinal action uh, tomorrow night. Well, John, your crystal ball has been so good so far. Let's map this out and tell us where the Opals stand in their quest for glory. How does this go step by step? So tomorrow there are four quarterfinals. The first of them is on at 11.30 a.m. Adelaide time. You can catch it on ESPN. The USA play Serbia. And then the next quarterfinal is Puerto Rico and Canada. Uh, China and France follow. And then Belgium and Australia is the last of the quarterfinals at 8 p.m. tomorrow night, South Australian time. And, of course, the four winners uh, go through to the semifinals and the four lunas, losers fall by the wayside. And, uh, yeah, so Australia, their semifinal opponent is going to be China or France uh, is the way that it unfolds. Yeah. Uh, and the USA should defeat Serbia. It's hard to see anyone beating Serbia, uh, beating the USA at the moment. I actually have uh, been researching them today, and they've just been phenomenal at this tournament. Uh, quite incredible, their record. And, you know, you could make an argument that the United States women's basketball team is the most dominant sporting team ever in history. It's just extraordinary. They haven't lost... The USA has women haven't lost a game at the Olympics for 30 years and they haven't lost a world championship game in 16 years. 
Ooh, and I'll the, give you, I'll give you a contender. I'll give you a contender for the argument. Yes. Don't forget the Indian men's hockey team went for decades without losing. Yes, that's true. So they're up there as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, in a sport such as basketball, which is perhaps a little bigger yep, in terms of uh, mm. over 200 countries in the world playing and every country liking the idea of them being very good at basketball, the fact that they've won the last seven Olympic gold medals, I think, is just yeah. extraordinary. And uh, as I say, yeah, they've broken records here, highest ever score. They got 145 against Korea. They got 121 yesterday against uh, lesser opposition, Bosnia and Herzegovina. But their results here, um, you know, they beat Belgium by 15 at the start. Then they beat Puerto Rico by 64. China was only a 14-point game. And Korea, they beat by 76, and then Bosnia and Herzegovina by 62 yesterday. But uh, they, they've just been outstanding. They've dropped one quarter. So mm. they've played 20 quarters of basketball, and China is the only team that's been able to take a quarter off them, and that was just a one-quarter ball game. But I have to say, having watched China and the USA, they played on Saturday. I watched the replay today. China, this may be the best Chinese team that they've ever had as well. So if Australia are good enough to beat Belgium, and they are hot favourites because Belgium have lost their key player, Emma Messerman, who was in the top five players at the last World Championships and came here as a legitimate superstar. Um, she's been injured with a calf injury and isn't playing anymore in the tournament. So they are down. It's like us in Tokyo. We were down Liz Cambage. Well, they are down their starting centre and dominant player. So on paper, Australia should get through. But when you get to this quarterfinal stage, it's really nervous because... This is the diabolical situation of the tournament. If you win your quarterfinal, you play off for a medal. If you lose, you go home empty-handed. Yeah. Now, you could still go home empty-handed if you win because you might uh, may not you may lose the bronze medal. You may lose your semi and then lose the bronze playoff. But uh, this is what happened to Australia at um, at the Olympics in Rio where we lost in the quarterfinals by 2 points when the game we were expected to win and we were heartbroken. So I just hope that they are, and I'm sure they are, they're ready to go. Hopefully Beck Allen will be back uh, playing tomorrow night and they can get the better of Belgium and then they go through. But likelihood is that they're going to be playing China because I I really can't see France beating China. Uh, China are one of the most well-drilled, competitive most even teams. They are the best team at this World Cup. And when I say they're the best team, the USA have the most talent. There's no doubt about that. But if you look at the statistical information that's available, no team is better than China in getting contributions from all 12 players. And they are relentless. Mm. And they've underachieved, I think it has to be said. They haven't won a medal at the World Cup since it was last here in Australia in 1994. So China, while they have been an international power in basketball, they really have underachieved in recent times. And, you know, at at the Olympics, they've only ever won the silver medal in Barcelona and the bronze medal in 1984 as well. And as I say, you have to go way back to 1994 for their last medal at a World Cup. So they had an opportunity last year in Tokyo and they blew it because... They finished fifth there, but they lost their quarterfinal. And this, I was talking about how brutal it is at quarterfinal stage. They led Serbia by nine points at three-quarter time and got beaten. And that, if they had won through there, they would have been expected to medal and probably play in the gold medal game against the USA. And it's looming that that is the likely scenario here because it would be very hard for Australia to beat China on what I saw today. But 
We've certainly got the job done so far, and I'm not writing them off. In fact, it's always a glass half full for the Opals, and who knows what will happen. Shame on you for not knowing that hockey record earlier too, Case. Hang your head in shame. Uh, who, who, <laughs> sta- who starred for the Opals last night? Who got the job done? Uh, who started? Who starred? Oh, who yep. starred for the Opals last night? Well, look, as it has been for most of the tournament, it was a great team effort. I mean, Sammy Whitcomb finished with the top score in a game-high 15, hit four threes in the game. But Tolo, 14. Uh, Tess Madgen had 10. Kayla George was the interesting one because they demoted her to the bench. And she is a player who rides on confidence. And there was sort of some speculation that, her going to the bench may not have sat too well with such an experienced campaigner and someone who's used to being a dominant player in the lineup. But she took it in a stride, uh, led the game in rebounding, really answered the call. And, you know, the, the Opals spoke a lot coming into this tournament about that they changed the culture after what had happened in Tokyo or prior to Tokyo in terms of the culture around the team and et cetera. And they've tried to address that. And they really, they, they talk the talk for a lot. And in that first game against France, the sisterhood, as they're calling it, wasn't really evident. There was, a, I thought that there was a, you know, they looked a little disjointed and certainly weren't engaged uh, with one another. But immediately they lost that game to France. They bounced back the next game. And I saw a completely different outfit. And since then, they've been playing as a team. And everyone has stepped up and, the, and they've, they've done a really good job of it. So um, without Beck Allen for the last two games, they've beaten Japan, they've beaten Canada. And now they get to face Belgium and for a chance to move through to the semi-finals. So everyone is playing well at the moment. Players have been up and down in terms of not being consistent. Uh, but from here on in, the players uh, really can't afford to be up and down. You, you're going to have to, everyone's going to have to bring their best. But um, Sandy Brondello's done an excellent job in terms of coaching. She's even changed her style to a certain degree. Uh, they all seem on the same page, and there just seems a sense of destiny. You, you know what it's like when you're playing a World Cup or an Olympics is in your own backyard at your country, that those host nations seem to do well. We see it all the time in the Olympic medal count. And I think here in Australia, if we do get that, that dream semi-final of Australia against China, uh, the China versus US game had the biggest crowd so far here at the tournament. But if it's Australia versus China in the semi-finals, then that is going to be an awesome night here at the Sydney Superdome. Uh, it's going to be, it'll be prime time, 7.30 on Friday night. Uh, probably going to clash with the AFLW there in Adelaide. So You've uh, sent Aaron back, two, haven't you? Two screens. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, of course, you'll be there. We'd Damn. love to have her here. She does a great job. But can't be in two places at once. She, she is fantastic and she's magnificent, but I don't know if she could pull that off. Hey, Case, we always appreciate your time. Quarterfinal action tomorrow night. The Opals take on Belgium. 8 o'clock Adelaide time at the Sydney Superdome. Just quickly, got to go to an ad break, but the, you mentioned the crowds. Have the crowds been good? What type of numbers are we getting? Well, overall, the uh, biggest crowd has been just under 10,000. And overall, there's about 30,000 fans have been through uh, the doors to see the Australians play. And hundreds of thousands watching on ESPN has been outstanding, uh, you know, for the network and also in terms of the people watching. So I think it's going to get even bigger. And, you know, we might even have 20,000 fans there. It's semi-final if it's Australia v China. We'll look forward to that. What's the capacity? Uh, it holds just over 20. Okay. So 20 would be so, huge. Um, yeah. 
And the noise will be raucous because the Chinese fans make a whole lot of noise. They get out the flags and the drums and the bells. And the Australians, the, the support here has been as good as I've ever seen, probably the best I've seen since the Sydney Olympics. So the Aussie fans have been getting right behind our Opals as well, which is great. John Casey uh, heading up the ESPN coverage. You can see it all live on KO. It gets underway at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Hey, well done, Case, and good luck to the girls. Thanks very much, guys. Go Opals. Well done, yeah, John. John Casey, he loves it. He lives it. He breathes it, Roach. Yes, I can assure you that Aaron Phillips is at Adelaide Oval now. Oh, they're training now. We're going down to Adelaide Oval. Adelaide Oval W team will might, be out there. Might have, a kick, might have a kick myself, Roach. We'll get out there. Put the togs on. Let's not interfere with their practice. Uh, a number of people now sending through. Jack Gray missed the 19 granny through injury. He is only a two-time premiership winner. Still a bloody good effort. That's yes. Joe from Bromley. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. I do remember the injury that he played with. Uh, I think it was a shoulder, wasn't it, Rich? I think so. I say I remember yeah. it. I can see him in the prelim final when he was um, – mm. was it the prelim final or the qualifying final? Oh, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, anyway, well, I, I can yep. remember. It was courageous. He got them through to the grand final. Yes. Uh, and we talked about Lever and Nakai Cockatoo. Crows traded back to get Lever, and Geelong took Nakai Cockatoo. That's Mark and Tassie. G'day, right. Mark. Yep. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people were disappointed. I think Adelaide got it right. Just couldn't keep Jakey Boy here. Mm. He's That's the got trouble. the money and his premiership medal. Yeah, he got both. Uh, yes, uh, much to the... Just for the record, Kim, mm-hmm. India, eight Olympic gold medals from 1928 in men's hockey. They were just unbeatable. Mm. Might watch some of the, uh, the highlights tonight, Rich. Well, you will enjoy them. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Nearly 5.21, we love the support we get from Hyundai and Balfour's. Breaking news at Essendon. Indeed, Brad Scott, the former North Melbourne coach, has agreed to be interviewed by the Bombers, so we might have an announcement in the next week or so. Yeah, I think it's his if he wants it, Roach. Hey, we're going to finish on a, a serious note. Now, we, we can tell you that everything ended up okay, but this would have been horrifying for the young lady involved, who was Alicia Carnavas. Or Cannabis, I should say, a former Matilda player, retired now. She's 37 years of age. She was on SEN last night. It was around 10.30, being interviewed by Simon Hill, the voice of uh, soccer, uh, on SEN radio show called The Global Game. She was parked on Temple Street in uh, Kuparu, Kuparu uh, in Queensland when there was an attempted hijacking. This all happened live on air. We're, we're coming unstuck a bit. Yeah. I think Claire Wheeler has, yeah. has been uh, talked about it. <laughs> I have no idea what has gone on there. Um, And I really hope Alicia is Mm. okay. Uh, That's a very scary moment that's just happened live on air. We'll try and get back in touch with Alicia. That was a horrifying moment for the young lady involved. Uh, police have investigated. They said a group of at least five men pulled up alongside the footballer's car in a VW Passat on Temple Street, as I mentioned, in uh, Cooparoo. Uh, the males attempted to open the door with one of them provo- producing a knife and yelling at the woman through the closed driver's side window. Um, they were unable to gain entry and the vehicle was locked and uh, they returned back into their VW Passat before leaving onto Bennett's Road. An investigation has taken place. Please call police on 131 444. That's for our Brisbane audience if you're listening. 
thankfully let it be a lesson to everyone. You should just have your doors locked all the time when you jump into a car. Mm. We live in a different world, but that would have been horrifying. And I hope those they catch those five men involved. What a gutless and pathetic act that was. Yep. All right, a serious note, but uh, it happened on our network. It's been on all the news services today. And we are so thankful. While she was incredibly shaken, no harm has mm. occurred. Well, that wraps it up, Roach. I can do a quick text from our good mate, uh, Johnny Kay at Kensington. We're talking about some of the great captains, Roach, after the retirement of Joel Selwood. Uh, Johnny Kay says, hi, gurus. Guys, Spud Frawley was a great captain without all the bells and whistles. Not the greatest one of all the greats. And you can also add to that a group called Paul Bagshaw and Russell Ebert. Mm, Yes, indeed. There's been plenty. Indeed, right. well Are said. Are we in the home straight yet? No, we've got a minute to go. Okay. Who's joining us tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, Roach, we'll be joined by Adam Zampa. Ooh. All right, we've got Cricket's the ICC. To happen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the World 2020 Championships yeah. happening here in Australia. There'll be, I think there's three games, a few finals, I think, in Adelaide. Good. Yeah, around November. So Adam Zampa will join us and uh, Matty Rendell will join us again. And, of course, as always, Novak Djokovic has said he'll be on the show tomorrow. I think we're done, oh, Roach. the joker's committed again. No, well, we're, we're trying to contact him. Right. Um, I'm done, Rooch. I think Very that's good. it. Very good. I'm just trying to find if there was another text. It's disturbing listening to that audio. Oh, it was awful. Uh, shouldn't the AFL lawyers be telling people to stop commenting on the Hawthorne matter? There is no leadership whatsoever in that pathetic well, I institution. Don't, I, don't think, I think the AFL lawyers can stop people making public comment. They're, no. not, they're not the law. Exactly, and certainly not uh, Alistair Clarkson. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday evening. Good night, everyone. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNC's apply.